Blog Talk Radio. Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. 
they offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. It is Monday. But no frets, we've got a great show again lined up for you today with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First Aid Vet Supply. If they don't have it, you don't need it, and Peter will be joining us here in just a second. I want to first send a shout-out to everybody listening today, all the homeschoolers that utilize this show and their curriculum every single day. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. We love to hear from the homeschoolers, and we're glad you enjoy this show, a part of your uh, daily science curriculum. So thank you very much for, for tuning in. I want to thank all the over-the-road truck drivers we hear from on occasion listening to the show on uh, iTunes.com. And uh, you download it and then listen to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you're delivering that freight across this great country, uh, keep the rubber on the road, and we thank you for tuning in. All the uh, feed and seed stores across the country that stream this radio show live for their listeners every day, thank you very much for doing that. Hope Business is treating you well. And, of course, the thousands of archive listeners uh, out there, and there's literally thousands of you. Thank you so much for making this show a success. And we appreciate you listening on iTunes.com, Podcast.com, Zoom.com, and many other affiliates that are out there. So thank you uh, very much. Hey, I don't know if I – no, I don't think so. I I know I posted it on Facebook, but I don't think I've mentioned it on air yet. But um, uh, earlier last week, uh, I was lining up all the great chicken coop contests that we're going to have in 2015. Um, I think I lack maybe one or two. Uh, from having a coop giveaway on our Facebook page for the first six months of 2015. We did it last year. We gave away beautiful coops, 
January, February, March, April, May, and June. Gotta love it. We're hoping to do the same again to kick off 2015 with a bang. Uh, we also, I think I only lack one issue uh, from having a poop contest in the magazine, Chicken Whisperer magazine, both the spring summer, fall, and winter issues. So that right there will be 10 coops that we'll give away in 2015, the first six months, and then also in every magazine uh, that we offer next year. So really excited about that. We have great sponsors that support this show and, of course, the magazine, and we thank them very much. So uh, wonderful coops that we're going to be giving away to you guys. I was just talking to someone last week that won a coop. Uh, in fact, they, she won the coop in the summer uh, issue of Chicken Whisper Magazine. Just uh, notified her last week, and she's all very excited about her coop that she won from Urban Coop Company. So uh, it's always fun to do that, call folks and say, hey, you're the winner. A lot of times we do it on air live right here on the radio show. We're having a good time, uh, a really good time doing that. And so it uh, looks like we're going to be able to continue that in 2015. Looks like uh, we'll probably be going on another spring book tour uh, sometime in March probably. And uh, not sure where yet, but uh, we like to do that, like to get on the road, meet all of our fans all across the country. Uh, last year, no, I'm sorry, it's still 2014, uh, we did two uh, major book tour and speaking events with Tractor Supply, and uh, each of them were right at about 5,000 miles. This last one was 5,200 miles. We went from Georgia all the way to Maine and back um, in the spring. If you remember, we went from Georgia out to Texas, everywhere in between, up through uh, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and then over through uh, Missouri and uh, Illinois and Indiana came down through Kentucky and Tennessee. We had a great time uh, meeting all the Chicken Whisperer fans out there, selling lots of books and giving away lots of free stuff, including a magazine that you can subscribe to uh, for free, the digital edition. We ask that you do that. Uh, great information from experts in their field from all around the country, universities as well. And um, you can go to Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Dot com And you can see all the magazines there for free, of course, but we would love for you to just uh, digitally subscribe, and then you'll automatically get that to your email four times a year. If you want a paper, I mean a real print edition, we have those too. Okay, we'll, We mail them out just like all the other magazines out there right to your mailbox because some people like a touchy-feely magazine in their easy chair on the Saturday afternoon while they learn more about backyard chickens, and you can do that as well. I think it's nine ninety five a year, so uh, great, uh, great price there for the magazine. So, hey, it looks like we've got Peter on the switchboard just called in, so let me get the switchboard over here and activate that, and we'll bring Peter on. How about if we bring Peter on right now? But first, let's give him a big chicken whisperer welcome, folks. All righty, got to love it. Okay, so... Uh, Peter, thanks for joining us. It is always a pleasure to have you every single Monday. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, we had a pretty good weekend, and Caleb's got the sniffles and sneezies right now, so um, I think uh, Lily's not too far behind him. We're starting a runny nose today, so uh, this week we'll probably be going through about six boxes of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's how it is when you got a couple of kids. One will have it, and then next thing you know, the other's nose is running, and you just hope and, uh, and do the best. And you don't get it, but most of the time, you know, there's mama, and then there's daddy once the kids are all well. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they're, they're feeling better all running around, and then now we're miserable, you know, blowing our brains out with the tissues and <laughs> trying to keep up with them. But that's just the way it goes. you got to love it. 
Yeah. So, uh, got, got grandchildren. I go through the same thing with them. You know, one's yep, still in, life. in preschool. Yeah, so, you know, when she's in preschool, she uh, she picks up everything and brings it home to her, her house. And then, you know, when I go over there, then you got to keep them at arm's length sometimes. Otherwise, you'll have everything exactly. under the sun. Exactly. Yeah, they do. They'll pick it up. So, grocery carts and. Uh, Oh jeez, and, and 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 you know even at Caleb being three and a half, just every time you turn around, his hands are in his mouth for some reason or another. <laughs> what do you say, boy? You know, it's friends, you know, when they, you know, even with Lily, and I challenge, I bet any parent out there has seen this when they're in the grocery cart. You turn around and they're sucking the grocery cart handle. I'm like, what are you doing, boy? Get your mouth off of that. Because so it was convenient. <laughs> Holy cow, man! So, uh, so, what are you doing? Get your mouth off of that, dirty! So, uh, of course, um, that's why. So, I guess that gives us our good immune system. So, hey, we're talking about litter management today in our backyard oops and uh, um, good topic, uh, useful topics. And so, again, winter's coming, and I'll be in the coop more, and that'll mean more moisture in the coop, and that'll mean more poop in the coop because there's more time in the coop. <laughs> And uh, the, the whole nine yards, so, uh, you know, timely topic. And so litter management is today. So get those chicken whisper notebooks out and um, uh, take some notes for today's show. Of course, if you miss any of it, uh, maybe you have to take a bathroom break or the kids home, come home from school or whatever, uh, the delivery man comes to the door. They're all archived for your listening pleasure. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Peter. Yeah, again, it's not a huge, huge subject, but uh, we've been uh, cleaning the coop out here and, we don't use a deep litter uh, type system here. Um, if we have uh, an, an inch of, uh, of shavings on the floor, um, you know that would be an awful lot. But we we um, we manage it uh, by keeping the birds outside 99% of the day. And uh, I mean they have the opportunity to come in, but most of them want to be outside. But I know uh, you know from dealing with a lot of the folks that I deal with, there are some now that uh, have gone to a deep litter type system. Uh, similar to what commercial poultry companies do, uh, and it's really not that bad if you if you manage it, and that, that is the operative word uh, in the whole thing. If you just throw the chickens in the coop and keep adding more litter to it, uh, that's not really going to end up being healthy at the end of the day. And uh, one of the things that brought this around as well is that uh, we're trialing here as well as, uh, as a couple other places uh, a new product on the market called Chick Flick. And it's a uh, uh, product that is used to uh, alleviate the ammonia caused by um, uh, built-up litter or uh, just doesn't necessarily have to be built up. But <clears throat> litter that gets a little bit wet from either uh, too many birds in the coop at one time or uh, not changing the litter often enough or uh, temperature extremes. Uh, we're about to have some temperature extremes here, as most other people are, um, nice warm day here today in, in the 60s, but uh, middle of the week here it's going to be in the 30s again. And those temperature changes uh, create uh, humidity in the air, uh, moisture, and your bedding and your litter uh, so on pick up all that moisture and um, uh, create problems uh, with, within the coop. Uh, the um, moisture coupled with the nitrogen that the uh, droppings from the birds uh, give off uh, produces ammonia. Uh, ammonia uh, 
while a little bit of it is not going to be a big deal, uh, the less you have of it, the better off you are. <clears throat> Ammonia, because, um, you know, one of the ways to tell uh, whether you have a problem at all with ammonia uh, is to get down on all fours and put your head down close to where the chickens are going to be down on the floor. Uh, you may not be able to smell any significant ammonia uh, at your particular height. If you're close to six feet tall, uh, it's going to be a little thinner in ammonia up at that level than it would be down close to the litter. So one of the first things you're going to want to do uh, in, in your litter management is to uh, get down close to the floor and see if you're getting any ammonia smell uh, coming from it. If you are, uh, then you need to take the appropriate steps. If the litter's been in the coop for a long period of time, uh, you might uh, want to change that litter out, uh, or you might want to add a litter uh, uh, additive to it similar to the, uh, the Chick Flick. There are a lot of other products on the market people are using for horses and stuff, but this is designed uh, strictly to take care of the uh, ammonia uh, and uh, the nitrogen buildup that you get with, uh, with chicken manure that you don't necessarily get so much of with uh, horse manure. It's a different composition, uh, a much larger dropping. When the, uh, when the horse urinates in a stall, you get a ton of water. Uh, chicken's a little bit, a little bit less uh, by far. So some of the things you know, that, that, that uh, ammonia can do to your birds uh, is uh, uh, if it's let go long enough and it's uh, uh, enough ammonia buildup in a coop, you end up having um, uh, the eyes get burned with ammonia, and it's it's non-reversible once this happens. But uh, you actually uh, can have birds go blind or partially blind uh, due to the ammonia uh, buildup in the litter. Um, the litter uh, quality of the litter, and that means the type of litter you use in conjunction with how long it's been in the coop, how much uh, moisture is in that litter, uh, how much ammonia the litter is giving off, is directly related to overall flock health. Um, several things that can be affected, again, the eyes uh, with the ammonia burns, uh, the feet. Uh, we'll start out with what we call foot pad dermatitis, which can be uh, um, a... Um, aberration, so to speak, of the bottom of the foot pad uh, due to the bird being in the uh, manure uh, that might be wet and uh, have a lot of ammonia coming from it uh, and, and other uh, bacteria and start to actually <clears throat> uh, break down the, the what we call the dermis of the, of the foot pad and um, start the beginnings of, uh, of bumblefoot. Uh, bumblefoot doesn't always come just from the fact that a bird jumped down onto something uh, and, and stuck itself. It can come from, from this uh, dermatitis uh, that's caused by um, the litter not being uh, appropriate for, for the birds to be standing on it for any, any period of time. Um, some of the other problems that come along besides the eye uh, and, and, the, and the, the foot, uh, the foot pad dermatitis uh, leading to bumblefoot, uh, a lot of respiratory issues, uh, coughing, sneezing, uh, sets up the airway uh, through irritation, inflammation of the cilia. Uh, the cilia are what move mucus along on the, on the, in the inner lining of the trachea. Uh, these become irritated. Uh, they become inflamed. Uh, you might liken this to uh, a sore throat uh, in, in humans, okay? I can't tell you that it's going to be sore in, in chickens, but I can tell you that it opens up an opportunity for uh, bacteria, uh, funguses, uh, viruses to set up shop and, and start a problem. So you might want to take a look at uh, those kinds of things uh, when you're uh, uh, 
taking care of the of the litter and uh, seeing how that how that litter uh, is is managed uh, in relation to uh, the ammonia buildup. Uh, the Besides the ammonia buildup in the litter, you, you do get bacteria, you do get funguses uh, that move around in that, in that same uh, uh, litter. Um, it's, uh, the, these organisms can be uh, quite damaging uh, from anything from uh, coccidia, uh, which we all know about. We've done shows on, on coccidia, uh, to E. coli, uh, to uh, any other uh, viral and or bacterial uh, Entity that would be in that in that litter, uh, and you know a lot of these these um, bacteria, viruses, molds, funguses, and stuff. Uh, there's a couple of things that they really like, and that is moisture and warmth. And you do get that in in the in the litter. Um, the um, the action of the microbes in the litter uh, working on the moisture uh, produce heat. Um, I know that in in uh, some chicken houses. Uh, there is an attempt to, uh, on a commercial level, to uh, as the flock goes out, to take the uh, uh, the litter and compost it right in place in the in the in the uh, chicken house and put it into windrows, and uh, every couple of days come in and turn those windrows over, and they want to get the internal temperature. Uh, I think it was up around 130 degrees somewhere in that range, but. Um, and that's to try to kill off all of the, the microbes in there. Some places are successful doing it, others are not. Um, but the, um, that, is, that is one method that they are using, and my point here being just to prove to you that there is heat buildup in that litter, so don't think there isn't. If you're using uh, you know, a lot of litter uh, in, your, in, your, in your coop and or run, uh, you're going to find that uh, this moisture, along with the uh, ammonia and nitrogen, uh, is, uh, is going to be uh, causing a significant uh, problem. Um, some of the things that, that you can do, uh, like I said, to control moisture, you can add more litter. Uh, one of the other ways to, to, uh, to control this is to add more ventilation, uh, maybe ventilation added down at the, uh, at the litter level. Uh, we've talked about this uh, before uh, in, in the wintertime of you know, taking a coop, and, and uh, because it's so cold outside, uh, tightening up the coop and closing up every little nook and cranny, which is good on one hand, but you have to have fresh airflow on the other. And if you don't have that fresh airflow, uh, then you start to get this ammonia buildup, uh, this wetness of this litter. One of the other things that, that's important about this uh, wet, up, wet litter situation is that um, the litter can uh, get to a position where it starts caking up on you. And this is uh, a... Um, a term that's used in, in litter management called friability. If the friability of your litter is such that it keeps caking on you, uh, you've got probably a couple of things going on. Uh, the litter's old, it's got a lot of manure in it, and it's uh, moist, so therefore it's going to clump up and, and, uh, and be doughy and, and stick together like a snowball. And uh, um, when it sticks together like that and you let it get to this position, uh, reversing it by... Um, Reversing it by um, uh, increasing the ventilation is probably going to be counterproductive, and one of the reasons for that, the moisture is so uh, uh, so high in that litter that you will have to take an overabundance of uh, ventilation to get that out, and then you start getting the coop down to a temperature that you don't want. So um, 
be real wise to uh, to not let the litter get um, uh, moist in the first place to the point where it's clumping. And if you want to see what clumped litter looks like in most chicken houses, you can find it and around feeders and waterers. Uh, the feed has been allowed to lay there and, and sit and, and pull that moisture, and that feed gets moldy, and the birds eat it, and they get sick. Um, it all adds to to the uh, to the the problems with the uh, with the litter. Um, it only takes <coughs> temperatures in that litter to really have um, problems with coccidiosis. We'll go with uh, talk about that just a little bit because coccidiosis, one of the most uh, uh, prevalent diseases that we see um, both here in the office and online, Facebook, all the different little poultry sites and stuff, uh, people contacting me constantly about problems with coccidia. And I'll say this, coccidiosis always was, always will be a management issue, mainly an issue of managing the litter. Um, if you allow that litter to get uh, too hot and you allow that litter to get too moist, uh, coccidia run rampant in that litter. The birds pick it up, and they constantly reinfect themselves. Now, they do need the constant reinfection, but they do not need it in an overwhelming fashion, and that's generally what happens when people allow the litter to get out of control. Mismanagement of the litter leads to dead birds uh, and or high medication costs for coccidia. So you're better off to go in, take out all the caked-up uh, litter that's that's in there, and put in some fresh, turn it over, uh, get some uh, air through it and try to get the moisture out, and uh, that'll help uh, uh, take the uh, coccidia oasis load down uh, and be, have the birds less likely to get an overwhelming dose of, of coccidia from the litter that, that's in, in their coop. You only need 30% moisture in the litter, uh, which is an ideal uh, moisture level uh, for coccidia. And any time that moisture, uh, that, that uh, uh, the temperature of the litter gets above 80 degrees, uh, then between the 80-degree temperature of the litter and the 30% moisture uh, in, the, in the litter, uh, the oasis that, that uh, caused the coccidia, just, they, they multiply like crazy. And it doesn't take a, a very long period of time uh, before they become overwhelming to the birds. So it is extremely important that you, um, you know, go through and, and manage the litter uh, by picking it up, putting it in your hand, uh, squeezing it in your hand. You'll you'll be able to tell how much moisture is in it uh, just by doing that. If it if you pick up the litter from the uh, from the from the floor of the coop and you're able to ball it up in your hand and it stays that way, you've got a problem. You don't need a bunch of fancy uh, equipment to to um, to measure the litter. Uh, moisture and the temperature. You certainly could put a thermometer in there and, and, and take a look at the temperature uh, as far as that's concerned. But uh, generally, uh, litter, you want it to be more on the dry side and you want it to be a little bit cooler than that, that 80 degrees. If you get down into the uh, 65, 70 degrees uh, temperature of the litter, um, you're probably going to be a lot better off uh, than you would be certainly up there at 80 degrees uh, with a 30% moisture level. Okay. Um, and again, don't let it get to that caked-up stage um, where it's, um, uh, you know, going to be all uh, all caked up. And then, like I said, if you haven't seen it, take a look around your feeders and your waters. That's right where it is, and uh, you'll find it under the roofs too. That's caked litter too. Uh, you've got a, a big pile of droppings sitting on top of the uh, 
of the litter. That litter's pulling that moisture out of those droppings down into it. Lots of times, if the droppings have been under there for a long period of time, you'll see that the top of the dropping is all uh, hard as a rock, but deep down under it, uh, it's all uh, moist and warm. So uh, th that's <clears throat> that's what we're talking about um, uh, as far as the, uh, uh, the the caked up litter situation is concerned. Very very important um, because uh, uh, that's where all of the bad guys are going to end up living in that caked up uh, litter. Uh, and that's where your moisture and your heat's going to be. Um, just to give you uh, a, an idea, if you had um, litter moisture at about 25%, and you had um, uh, you had uh, a 75 degree temperature in that litter, um, they would be 1.4 times greater uh, ammonia available at that level than there would be. Uh, if you had a 75 degree temperature with 20% litter moisture, okay, so it doesn't take uh, much to to change it around. And uh, when you start getting up to uh, uh, those high of a, uh, uh, ammonia levels in the coop, you really start to have some some uh, some damage. I get people calling me all the time uh, who have uh, been uh, looking at these things, and um, uh, wondering what's going on in their coop. They're sneezing, they're coughing, they're sick, they're always sick. And um, I've, I've looked at lately at some really appalling conditions that, that people have a tendency to call a chicken coop. Um, and, um, you know, they're just nasty. They're, they're not well-maintained. Uh, they don't have real good cover. Uh, they don't even have good uh, cover from predators, most of them. So, um, the, uh, you know, putting them out on just plain dirt and having, after a rain, the dirt gets um, uh, real moist, and if you're, especially if you're in a, in a warm area of the country, um, the, uh, the coccidia and the bacteria and, and what have you, they all run rampant in, in that whole thing. Uh, so you want to make sure you try to get uh, adequate ventilation. Um, you want to try to make it comfortable for the birds. Uh, and, and again, you want to make it comfortable down at their level, not six foot off the floor. Um, so if, you've, if you're one of the things you could do there, if your coop has got a real tall uh, uh, ceiling in it, uh, you could put a false ceiling in. Okay, even if you just made it out of uh, uh, one by two lathing and put some uh, some heavy uh, plastic up just to keep the heat down. Heat rises, so all your heat's going to rise away from your birds. So in the winter time, if you want to keep things uh, keep the birds a little warmer. Uh, and you're going to increase your ventilation, bring your heat down, and then cr increase your ventilation at the same time. At least that heat won't be way up at the top where the birds aren't, um, and that's a, that'll help you out as far as, as that's concerned. Um, you want to make sure um, that um, the type of litter that you use, people use all kinds of litter, so I'm not going to get into a big, long dissertation on, on uh, one being better than the other, but you want a, a litter... Uh, that will uh, uh, absorb less than 10% moisture, and that will help you out in, in controlling uh, the overall uh, water content, uh, you know, of the um, uh, of the litter. And again, bearing in mind that the higher the temperature in the coop, the higher the temperature in the litter, uh, the more ammonia that's going to be produced. Um, there are, again, a couple of, uh, of products that you can use uh, to um, uh, mitigate these circumstances. Um, one of them is changing the litter completely, uh, gaining control that way, and starting out fresh and, and, and maintaining the litter 
uh, as dry <clears throat> as you can. Um, you may also uh, want to try some of the other litter uh, uh, additives that go to, to uh, adding in. Uh, this uh, I just started handling this product called Chick Flick. I like it because it came from a company that uh, has a, a very storied background uh, in the commercial poultry industry. Uh, they use something uh, similar. It's uh, basically an all-natural uh, organic acid type product, um, and you'll see almost instant results with it. Uh, I know Dr. McRae uh, has uh, done some uh, research in the field with it. Uh, I know one of the owners that's involved in, in the, uh, that trial. Uh, he's just ecstatic about it. Uh, uh, and in his own words, as soon as they drop it on the floor, the ammonia ceases to exist, uh, which is a pretty good testament of, of how it works. Uh, the product only takes about a tablespoon uh, per square foot, so it's, it's not a, a ton of material. Usually most of these products will hold up for about two weeks. Uh, this will also depend upon uh, how many birds you have uh, in your coop, uh, and it also depend on, on how uh, moist the litter is allowed to, uh, to get. Uh, moist litter can be caused by other things, birds with diarrhea, so you want to try to control those situations. I handle uh, many calls every day uh, from people with birds that have diarrhea, trying to fix those problems. Uh, sometimes it's only one or two birds. Sometimes it's an entire flock. If it's an entire flock, um, they are going to be adding water to that litter at a phenomenal rate. You might not think it, but they are. Uh, we get birds that uh, uh, drink incessantly, and most of the time it's either an E. coli infection uh, or a... Um, or a um, uh, worm infection, <clears throat> the capillary worms seem to cause that uh, more so than anything else. So they drink tons and tons of water, uh, but it comes out the back end uh, just uh, almost untouched. It's almost pure water as it goes out. And uh, so when you get in these kinds of situations, these birds are going to make this uh, bedding even worse. Uh, and so you may have to come in and either add more bedding. Um, you also might want to give a try of adding more diatomaceous earth uh, because uh, if you can keep the pH of the uh, bedding down to 7 or below, uh, it's tougher for the, uh, the uh, bacteria, molds, and everything else to grow there, uh, and it also uh, can help to uh, control the ammonia at the same time, uh, as well as uh, help dry up some of, the, some of the litter. So you might want to try limestone. You might want to try diatomaceous earth. Uh, as far as uh, those two things are concerned, additional bedding mixed in with those to try to bring the moisture level down. Um, some of the other treatments besides this chick flick, um, uh, Carefree Enzymes makes a couple of good products that are out there. Uh, they have two products. Uh, one is called Healthy Pen, and the other is Poultry Coop Odor Digester. Uh, either one is good. The only uh, problem I see uh, and, and have experience with either one is you are adding uh, moisture to the litter because these are both uh, products that are mixed with water and sprayed on the litter. Uh, but at the same time, um, it's not something where you're soaking the litter either. The, uh, the healthy pen uh, it, it is also a natural uh, insecticide to help control uh, bedding uh, parasites uh, and so on, um, and it will help to control the, um, uh, the ammonia as well. And uh, both of them work uh, with... Uh, uh, on an enzyme basis, the enzyme interrupts uh, and binds to, to or, or keeps the binding of, of the nitrogen and uh, to the ammonia, 
Uh, and uh, so <clears throat> there are several different uh, products that you can use. The Healthy Pen will help keep down flies as well from, from, uh, from what I'm told. Um, you could also, again, spray, uh, not spray, but spread diatomaceous earth over the top of the litter. Um, and um, I think that that would, you know, that would give you some some good balance uh, with within that uh, within that that coop and or run. Some of these things you can apply to to your runs outside. Uh, the, the chick flick you can do that way. Uh, I don't see any reason why the healthy pen and those can't be sprayed over that as well. Um, and again, when you use these products, you're using more natural products. Uh, no real chemicals in the stuff. Uh, it's, uh, they're more like binding agents, most of them. Yeah, no, uh, I remember having lunch with uh, Patrick Haley probably about three or four years ago and um, kind of the creator of the Carefree Enzymes products and the uh, and all of these this enzymes and the science that goes behind it from the poultry protector to the scaly mug mite, the, the, the products that he has out, um, really amazing science. He was, he was, it was fascinating to have lunch with him and learn about the products and how it is natural and how it, you know, we've had him on the show several times talking about his poultry protector products um, for uh, mites and lice, and um, you know, spraying them on there, and how they work, and and why they're safe, and, and different, you know, really, really amazing, uh, amazing products that he has out there. So, uh, and I think you carry some of them uh, in your store. We need to yeah, take a break. Um, yeah, go ahead. We need to... go ahead. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, I carry. Just about everything that he has. The only thing that's not listed at this moment is the, is the healthy pen, I'm pretty sure. But we're going to list that here in the next couple of weeks. Cool beans. And that is at firststatevetsupply.com. So we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. And uh, we're talking about litter management today. There will be more to come, so stay with us. Make sure you're taking those notes. If you join us late, no worries. Every show is archived for your listening pleasure. We'll be back. Stay with us. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you are passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Give the chicken fountain a try. It's clean water by design. It's a new way to water your flock. Chickens to turkeys to ducks to peacocks. Nothing to lose, so start today. Not a major water, the easy way. Learn more now, you can't go wrong. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. 
They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. How would you like a punch in the beak? Actually, in reality, I am... All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Our guest today being Monday, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. Visit them online. If they don't have it, you don't need it. First State vetsupply.com we bring Peter back live and and we'll continue with today's topic of litter management Peter yeah it's um, just to go back over there's not much more to it other than most of this is good common sense you know to to take this and uh, I mean you you can prevent you know a a lot of uh, of diseases and problems for yourself. And I, I go back and I look at our flock here, I'm telling you, we just don't do anything. They're, they're outside, the, the litter isn't deep in the in the coop. Uh, there are days, um, you know, we've had some uh, some cool days where they just, you know, it was overcast and they just didn't want to go outside. One or two ventured out and then came back in. And, 
you know, they, they have that free access to outside. And if you don't have the luxury of having something like what we have here and your birds are forced to stay inside or, or in, a, in a particular run, um, you know, some of these uh, additives can, can really be uh, extremely helpful in managing the, the litter and managing the, the runs, uh, you know, not allowing a lot of water to build up in them and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, um, can can make a big big difference. You know, I've I've seen a couple here. You know, pictures have been sent to me. People asking me how to help them improve their 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 runs and stuff. And the whole top of it's just slicker than slick. I mean, it's all packed down, beat down. It it doesn't look like it's ever been, you know, tilled over and and put any any kind of uh, you know lime or anything else in there. And then when it rains, it gets you know you got a big mess. Uh, it's it's not necessarily flat, but water lays in the middle and. You know, to me, I you know, just for argument's sake, I'd raise the middle up a little bit and let the water run out the uh, the sides. But um, nobody seems to to, you know, and I may be wrong, but nobody seems to be wanting to do that. And uh, I, I guess the old thing of you know, you see the chickens running around on the farm, they just don't. Nobody seems to be doing anything for them, and you know, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it, it it just depends. And so, you know. As we were doing some things here, I thought about it, and I said, well, you know, this is a good idea to, to talk about this, at least get it out there, kick it around, and, and make people more cognizant of it. Because I do say this all the time on, on Facebook, a couple of sites that I'm, I'm on there, when people start talking about coccidiosis and how they can't control it. You can. You're just not trying hard enough. And uh, you're just not doing the right things. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, does, it does make a difference. You've got to control the pH. You want to keep the pH 7 or below. Uh, you want to keep that moisture down, down under 30% for sure. Uh, 20% is better. And you want to keep that temperature down well below 80 degrees. And, you know, you also have to look at this thing in the, in the summertime when you have litter. Uh, and that's another thing. Talk about litter for a second. People want to buy the cheapest stuff they can buy, uh, irregardless of what the outcome is at the end of the day. And I say you need to investigate it a little bit. Uh, I'll just give you, for instance, it's nothing to do with anything uh, for, for anybody else, but... Uh, we tried tractor supplies um, uh, shavings, and we don't like them. Wouldn't buy another bag of them. It was the only stuff on the face of the earth, and and it's just too harsh on the bird's feet. It's too uh, too many sticky, uh, sharp pointed pieces. It's too coarse. Uh, um, and and it, when you use those kinds of bedding, they don't hold any moisture. So all the moisture is going to be. In the, in the manure itself and everything else, and it's going to be a soggy mess. So you don't have any of the of the litter to to help you uh, control that. And so we you know we got away from it, and uh, I think we're using Southern states now. They've got a, one that's a little bit finer and stuff, and we're pretty happy with that. We'd still like to find something that's a little bit better yet. But the point is, you have to have something that's going to help you out to control that moisture in the litter in an effort to control that ammonia. And the um, the ammonia is. <laughs> is an extremely important thing. The, the commercial poultry industry over the years, because they're the, the ones that have always, especially around here, have always used the built-up uh, litter system. And, that, and one of the reasons for that is that inexpensive, decent litter is not available, nor is it uh, uh, cost-friendly for them to go in after each flock every six, eight weeks and pull all this stuff out and put fresh in. It just is it, it's cost-prohibitive. So... What they used to do is just put one flock in after another. When I first started here, you know, and living in this area over 30 years ago, they didn't do nothing. 
flock one in, one end out, and a new one's coming in the other end. The, 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 the hollow out truck wasn't even off the farm yet, and baby chicks were being put in the other end. It's a totally different ball game now. They go in, they blow everything down, they wash things down a little bit, they crust the top of it, put some fresh bedding down. It's a whole different ball game because they realize they can't stand the ammonia burns on the bird's feet, the eyes, and it enhances their uh, uh, there are opportunities to become uh, sick from respiratory things. They've got enough respiratory issues as it is. So it, managing these things, they've even learned the hard way. Managing these things is extremely important, and I think it's just as important in the backyard setting as well. That, yeah, that's the way I see it. Right. And, and just so folks know who are listening, um, and they might not have had the, the two choices when you were there, just so people know, Tractor Supply has two different types of the shavings. They have a white bag, which is the more coarse shavings, and then they have a yellow bag of pine shaving, which if you look at it, it says fine. It's a finer shaving. So uh, for folks that are out there who may be using tractor supply as a uh, a source, um, you can look at those and choose which one may best fit your needs. Um, The white bag is the more coarse pine shavings. The yellow bag is labeled fine, so you can check and see which one may again be better uh, for your birds. But yeah, when you talk about conditions of coops and things, some of the things that I do also see online sometimes just are flabbergasting. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I'm like, do you keep your chickens there? Or are they, oh, I had another pre- I had another predator attack. Well, I see why. You know, and it's yeah. a, there's really, you know, an accident sometimes are going to happen, but, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you, you, know you can... Uh, make your uh, poop and run pretty doggone predator-proof, you know, unless it's a you know 600-pound grizzly bear coming in. I mean, some of these folks that are using uh, things to maybe a raccoon or a possum or a feral cat or you know maybe a neighbor's dog. I mean, you gotta you know, you know look, look, you know, do some more reading, do some more research because you can do some you know, some some good stuff to make it uh, predator-proof, and then and then the bedding uh, as well. And, you know, that's, that's interesting, uh, Peter. Uh, uh, I know I've been doing this for a long time, Facebook, posting things, posting products, and um, I, I would bet you a, a million dollars to a day that if I got online to my Facebook page and posted anything about um, litter management on the end of uh, ammonia, like, oh, uh, in fact, I was testing a product a couple of years ago um, that you would actually put into your coop uh, that would detect the level of ammonia. It had a different shades of blue, and, and you one one it was very affordable, and it looked like a little plastic kind of keychain thing. You just hang at the floor level on a, on a nail or something, and uh, placed in there. One was more like a business card type thing. It looked exactly like a business card, matter of fact, but it would detect the ammonia level, and. Um, Guy wanted me to sign on with it, maybe co-brand it and, and things like that. And, and there's a need for it, uh, and I, I feel in the commercial. But but I know because I've done this long enough that I, if I post anything today or tomorrow, any, any time about litter management or hey, this project, this product can help with this out of the other, reducing ammonia. You and I both know that you have 50,000 people come up and post. Well, if you clean your coop like you should, then it shouldn't be an issue. You know, and, you know. See, and, and again, you know, you've got folks that go out every single day, and uh, and and they're doing you know whatever they are, uh, major restorations to to their coop, which I'm telling you, it's just not the norm. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, you post a product like that, and you're going to have the folks that say, well, you, you shouldn't have to buy that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't need that because your group should be spotless and clean. <laughs> but, but well, for a lot of you folks, know, they're, 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 I, I am 100% in agreement with you, and I think I remember something about you doing that. I, I remember reading something yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yep. But, and so you know, it was, uh, it's, it's kind of like when I did the, Go ahead. It's the power of the keyboard. Uh, so easy to get on there uh, and say, you know, I do this, 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 and this, and then you're not doing any of it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. I mean, let's face yeah. it. That's the way. That's the way the world is today. And the keyboard has made people very, very powerful uh, in, in that respect. Um, you know, I, I can tell many, many times just from some of the things that are said and everything else you can deduce from what people are basically saying and really finding out at the end of the day that that's really not what's going on. Um, you know, when when somebody, um, you know, how many times have we said it in this, in this program over the years that we've been doing it, okay? Get your favorite chair, get your favorite rocking chair, get a five-gallon bucket, doesn't really matter, get a stool, sit on the ground, and sit around and watch them. Just watch them. And they will tell you what's wrong. You know, and mm-hmm. you'll see those things. You know, pick them up, handle them. You know, look them over. Try not to look over the same ones. Everybody's got their favorite. Don't look your favorite over all the time. Your favorite was good yesterday, probably good today. Pick up somebody else. And, you know, you, you learn an awful lot by, by looking at them. I mean, I, I, I've got some pictures of, of things that people have sent me here, and, you, you know, you just, you just wonder where they were while all of this was going on. You know, and it, it always tickles me when it says, well, this just happened, and you look at it, and you go, "Yeah, this happened about three weeks ago," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, or they've tried some some crazy uh, concoction to try to cure something that uh, you know obviously can't be cured with that, you know. And you know, and I don't, I, go I don't ahead. I remember not um, a while back. I had posted a, a poll on my Facebook page. I said, "Okay, um, here's today's poll." Please be honest so we can learn from each other. And I had a huge, huge response. But I said, um, how often do you clean and refill your chicken waterers? And uh, when all the, you know, a couple hundred, 300 people had ended up responding to that, I said, be honest. Um, uh, the, the census was most folks uh about every third day was their was their answer. You had a, quite a few that said every Saturday is my poop day, and I clean out and refill or that type of thing. Um, but but because because somebody had said something about you know every single day, and I noticed <laughs> that the majority of people that stated they go out and clean and refill their chickens' water every single day, they had you know, 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 chickens, they had a one-gallon waterer. So <laughs> to me, that tells me that that was a necessity. They had to go out every day because the waterer was empty, or it was almost empty. If they had a 3 or 5-gallon or a 7-gallon water, you know, so it was very interesting that the majority of folks said about every third day, uh, the next, you know, they said every Saturday, that once a week, whatever it may be, uh, and then they had a few that said, every, oh, every day I have to go out there, or every day yeah. I go out there and change it and clean it. And, and I, I saw a pattern where they were had, had one-gallon waterers. Well, no wonder. 
you know, they had to do it every day. Cause they had one. So it was really interesting, like you said, the, the, as I say, not as, you know, that type of thing and what people post and what they really do. I do have a question in the chat room I want to get to for sure before, sure. before we let you go. Christmas sure. Chick wants to know uh, your thoughts on ultraviolet light in the coop as far as killing germs in the coop. We always talk about, hey, sunlight is amazing uh, when, when it comes to uh, uh, eliminating a lot of uh, uh, diseases and things like that and germs. So her question is what your thoughts were on the ultraviolet light. So are we talking about ultraviolet light that is going to be down at the litter level, or is this going to be up high? Um, first off, I don't have any experience to speak of with ultraviolet light, um, but I do know that um, particular light spectrums from uh, incandescent bulbs uh, and um, even fluorescent bulbs are required to stimulate the uh, brain of the bird to lay eggs. So if we're going to be using this as a as a um, an addition to, I don't know how it would interfere, uh, you know, with the uh, different light spectrums that are required, because it not only uh, the the um, and, and we talked about this. We did a show several years ago about this too, yeah, yeah. where we talked about the you know the Smoky Joe breed from I believe it was Michigan State or uh, University. Uh, that are born sighted but go blind, but yet lay as many eggs, if not more, than sighted birds. And uh, during the investigation of this year's back, it was found that the light spectrum, uh, can't remember was the reds, the greens, the blues, or whatever, penetrated the skull and stimulated the brain. So it's an interesting thing. I do not know what the uh, you know the ultraviolet light light may do, uh, but it would be interesting for somebody to play around with it. Yeah, nope. I just wanted to make sure I got that question for a Christmas chip. Yeah, I wanted to mention something as well before we do sign off here today. Sure, um, sure. We uh, are shipping uh, sweeter heaters for six ninety five shipping, just so that people know that's a, that's a bargain, and um, that may be the last time you see that because uh, after the first of the year, both uh, FedEx and UPS. They're doing two things. Uh, they're both doing the same thing, but they're doing two things. They're raising the rates about 5% across the board, and they're also going for dimensional weight on all ground packages now, no matter what the size. So um, these, uh, these sweeter heaters, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily weigh a lot. They're, they're fairly large and uh, as far as size is concerned. So maybe the last time you see free shipping and or 695. Right now it's 695 across the board on each and every one of them. So uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there because winter's here. It's coming. It is, absolutely. We Definitely be in my neck of the woods Wednesday. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was talking to Sonia from the, from Infotherm this morning about a, a, getting an order, another order together and uh, wanting to know if it was gonna, could ship today, and she said uh, she doubted it. They were under blizzard conditions. So uh, yeah, they're geez. in Wisconsin, so it's already there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there. So uh, yeah, I was noticing that coming down through through the United States, you're saying it's going to wreak havoc, and uh, you're, you're exactly right. We've talked about the sweeter here many a times on this program in the magazine, uh, and, uh, and on the road as well. And a sweeter heater uh, is is uh, it's a good it's a good unit, and I know you use yep. them in your coops, so if folks yep. choose to heat their coops, and they don't want to have to worry about at 3 a.m. going. Do you smell smoke? 
Do you smell smoke? <laughs> that, that, that heat lamp that I used, maybe Andy was right. That wasn't such a good idea. Maybe I should have spent an extra sixty-five, seventy-five bucks to get this. But um, yeah, so six ninety-five shipping on those. Firststatevetsupply.com. You know, it's it's not the- only the fact that they won't necessarily like the others shatter and start fires. The interesting thing about them is they, they you know, while they don't heat a whole coop, they're not designed to, but. Correct. For the heat that they put off, for the amount of electric they use, the the largest unit only only uses about 150 watts of power. Yep. You know, and they're all you know low amperage besides. And so you know when you start looking at it, um, you got a 40 inch long foot wide unit that's only uh, using the the uh, 150 watts. I mean, your heat lamps are way more than that. Yeah. I, I had a client ball, change, so. bought seven of them from me here in the last couple of weeks because she's tired of thousand dollar. Uh, light bill she gets every uh, every month in the wintertime, trying to keep them keep them warm. So Great she's looking forward to it. But getting back to the litter real quick before we do get out of here. Um, sure. Uh, keep it dry, um, and keeping it dry and and keeping the temperature of the litter uh, down. Certainly, keeping it under 80 degrees makes it tougher for the uh, coccidia to get a, 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 a you know a huge foothold. Uh, keeping that litter moisture down under 30%, keeping the pH uh, as low as you can. If you can get it under 7, that's good. You can add limestone to it. You can add diatomaceous earth to it. Uh, you can add chick flick. You can add the uh, poultry protector. Um, uh, um, can't remember the name of the stuff now off the top of my head. What the heck was the name of it? I'll get it. Oh, Hang on the, oh the, the, uh, the poultry uh, coop uh, digester, uh, and the other one was the... Um, uh, healthy pen, healthy, healthy pen. pen. That, and that healthy pen from I think has got um, um, some um, oil of uh, um, geranium or something. It's got something along those lines in it. Uh, pretty good product, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to carrying that one and taking it with us to the shows uh, and that kind of thing. But. Um, you know, like I said, there's a few things people can do. Keep that ammonia down. Keeps your respiratory issues down. Keep your coccidia down. Uh, keep the foot pad dermatitis, which leads to bumblefoot down. Uh, so it's a big issue, really, when you start looking at it. It's a very, very important thing to to manage that litter. And I'll still go back and say, and I'll stand by it till the day I croak, and that is coccidiosis and all these things has always been, always will be a management problem because if you're doing your management right, most of these problems just don't exist. Yeah, talking about being, you're talking about that being important when we're on the road and we talk about the the uh, the roofs. I mean, it's just a bar putting the coop and the, the, the hang out on at night. But I have to have to make people realize that uh, in a lot of cases, your birds are spending half their life on that roost <laughs> from yeah, really. sunset to sunrise. Half yeah. the chicken's life is on that yeah. roost. That's how important that roost is. Which yep. means, in most cases, half the coop is going to be below the roost. So that's very important, uh, like today's topic. But, but think about the roost. Check the, check the roost you know, weekly for sprays and splinters. And you want to make sure it's the right size and the, the right comfort level for them. They have enough space up there. And that they're spending half their life on that, for Pete's sake. So it is a very important aspect of your coop. It's not just yep. a, a wooden dowel you throw in there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very important. And I just yeah, have to it is know, important. Oftentimes remind people of that. Um, it is important. So, uh, hey, thanks for coming on. 
uh, always a great time when uh, you're here making us think and uh, thinking about our birds and the health of our birds and our flock and what we can do to uh, keep them healthy. And that's kind of your uh, your slogan there at First State Vet Supply. So, Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. As always, uh, Monday edition, Ask the Chicken Doctor with Peter Brown, founder of First State Vet Supply. Uh, com. Peter, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next Monday. Yep, we'll see you, Andy. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Great information, as always, with uh, Peter Brown, the chicken doctor. Again, firststatevetsupply.com. They don't have it. You don't need it. What a great guy. I mean, he's helped thousands of people over the years, uh, 40 years, um, maybe even 50 years in the uh, in the business, both commercial side, the hobby side. Uh, you know, he's got his own flock. He uses the sweeter heater in his coops. He's up in Maryland. So um, just great. We love it when he's on. It's always a big show. We always get a great, even more listenership on our Monday shows uh, on our archive. So thousands of you listening. Thank you so much to every single one of you for listening to the show. Uh, and we will return actually this Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be talking about essential oils, not necessarily just for your chickens, but for our everyday lives with Tracy Kinnebeck with Purple Lotus Oils. That's this Wednesday. And then coming up this Thursday, we have Richard Frudenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine. And if you'll give me just a second, I'll try to see if I can find what the topic is for this Thursday. Wednesday will be Essential Oils with, again, Tracy Kennebec and uh, Purple Lotus Oils. And Thursday looks like it's going to be, ooh, good one, Brown Recluse Beware. Facts about the habits and hideaways for the dangerous brown recluse spider and how to keep them at bay in your home and home place. So, um, uh, seasonal clothing changes can actually bring on more biting incidents. Very interesting topic with our homestead, uh, Homestead Ed. We're calling that show, as always, with Richard Frudenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine. That'll be this Thursday. So I want to make sure, make sure you tune in all week long here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Go join us in the uh, Facebook. Just go to chickenwhisperer.com. You can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook as well. So, uh, hey, we'll see you this coming Wednesday right here on Blog Talk Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and we'll see you then. God bless everybody.